Welcome to the Viva Young Adults podcast. We're the Young Adults Ministry of Viva Church, and we want to thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you're already a part of YA or a guest with us today, we hope that what's shared encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. Entitling my message tonight, Counting the Cost. Because to follow Jesus costs. And if you haven't paid anything to follow Jesus and to pick up your cross, maybe you're following the wrong Jesus. And unfortunately, it breaks my heart to think that some of us are following the wrong Jesus. I read this quote, I came across this quote about three months ago and then it resurfaced on my Instagram and it, it was a picture of a guy, it was a muscular guy, it looked like he just came from the gym and, and you know, kind of, I think he had like a drink in the hand and cigar in the other and then he was sitting on this big like throne looking seat and he had all these women and around him and, and bikinis and whatever and then the, the wording on the picture said this, which I then found out, it was a paraphrase of a um, Viktor Frankl quote and I'll share about him in a moment, but the quote said this, a person who lacks purpose distracts himself with pleasures. And the quote originally came from Viktor Frankl, which was a um, World War II, um, he was a Jewish guy and he survived the concentration camp in World War II and he wrote a book called uh, A Man's Search for Meaning. And the, the original quote went like this, when a person can't find a deep sense of meaning, they distract themselves with pleasures. And I thought to myself, wow, if that does not describe our generation today, I don't know what does. And then of course I did what any sensible person would do and I thought, wow, how does that describe me? And then God began to challenge me. And I think that we've become hungry for entertainment at the abandonment of our purpose. So much of our Christianity has been reduced to conveniences and preferences. And I like that song. I don't like that song. I don't like that preacher. He talks too loud. He preaches too long. It's too hot in here. It's too smelly. And, 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 and following Christ has become a convenience thing. It's like, man, if it's convenient, I'll come. If it's convenient, I don't have anything else going on, I'll come to Young Adults or I'll come to Viva on Sunday morning or I'll go to whatever church you might be a part of, hopefully Viva. If not, God bless you. Thank you for coming, but go back to your church. Um, you know, but if it's convenient, sure, I'll come. But then if I'm too busy or I'm not feeling like it or... And Christianity has become a convenience thing. I think so much of our North American modern-day Christianity revolves around convenience and feel-good theology. And I've come to the conclusion that to be a Christian and to be a Christ follower are actually two completely different things. Because one of them revolves around you and one of them revolves around Christ. And I believe that the reason why we get so distracted with so many secondary things is because we've forgotten our purpose. What does it mean to be a Christ follower? What does it mean to be a Christian? Share the gospel. 
at your expense to glorify Him. But how many of us treat God like, hey, I want to further my kingdom at your expense. Please give me whatever I ask for. And if you don't, then you're not that good of a God. Where were you in this? Where were you in that? This is not an easy word. I, I, I understand that. And that's why I read that scripture. Because sometimes we focus on the good. We focus on the encouraging. But the Bible is for encouragement and correction. Just the same. Because here's the bottom line. The enemy doesn't need to kill us in order to make us ineffective. All he has to do is distract you just long enough for you to forget why you're here in the first place, and he wins. What is it that the enemy knows is an easy distraction for you? For me, it was video games. For you, it might be a relationship. For you, it might be social media. It might be reputation. For you, it might be career, future, money, possessions. But I believe that God is calling us to come back to the heart of what it means to follow him. And the heart of following Jesus is not about us getting, you know, richer and, and getting more stuff and, and getting more influence and whatever. The heart of following Jesus is to be used by him at our expense. See, we want God's kingdom to come, but in order for his kingdom to come, ours needs to leave. In order for his will to be done, ours needs to step aside. Are you willing to do that? See, we can talk about this and, and we can nod and say amen, but, and we're gonna have a time in a moment, I'm not gonna preach for that much longer, but we're gonna have a time in a moment where we can begin to actually reflect. God, am I willing to truly lay my life down? See, because I think so many people have lied to us and said, if you say these words and repeat this prayer after me, you will be a Christ follower for the rest of your life and you will go to heaven. And I think that's one of the biggest lies. Because it's not about a series of words that you say in a magical, eloquent order. But are you actually allowing Jesus to change your life from the inside out? Are you actually allowing him to do such a deep work inside of you that you can't help but to serve him? You can't help but to seek him. You can't help but to give everything you've got for the kingdom's sake, for the gospel's sake. I'm going to have a moment in a moment for us to begin to take a self-inventory. See, but here's the thing with distractions is that some of us will lose our purpose due to distractions, but some will seek pleasures in order to avoid doing the hard thing. But Christianity was never meant to be easy. Christianity was never meant to be comfortable. See, I love because I love this because Jesus said, I will send you the comforter. I will send you a guide. I will send you a teacher. I will send you a help. And why would God send a comforter if we would never be in need of comfort? 
Why would God send a guide if we would always know where to go and, and what to do at every moment? Why would God send a helper if we never needed help? The fact that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit is literally what tells us that Christianity is not meant to be comfortable. We, I think we're, we, we've made Christianity such a sanitized thing, and it was never meant to be. We made Christianity a comfortable thing when it was never meant to be. John 15, 18, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Jesus said that. Hold up, Christianity will make you be hated? If you live it right? Yeah? John 15, verse 20. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than its master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. We try to make Christianity so palatable, so acceptable to everyone. When Jesus said that was not the point. The point is not to make it acceptable. The point is to get truth out there. And sometimes truth hurts. It's got to be delivered with grace, but truth needs to be delivered nonetheless. One of my favorite scriptures, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life for Jesus Christ will suffer persecution. Not might, not may not will see, will suffer persecution. I'm guessing that some of us might need to do some tweaking in our lives tonight, moving forward. I think some of us are living a way too comfortable Christianity. And I know this is harsh, I know this is hard, but I want you to understand this is truth. Matthew 5.11, blessed are you when others revile you, persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you. Falsely on my account, Jesus said. See, here's the bottom line. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 to 26 says this. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. By the way, it doesn't say gain it. It says save it. It's a huge difference. Many of us want to lose our life to Christ hoping to gain something out of it. You do, it's called heaven. Saying, verse 25 for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself for whoever is ashamed of me and of my words of him will the son of man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the father and of the holy angels And I think sometimes we think of being ashamed of Jesus, being like, you know, to one person we say, oh, no, I don't believe in Jesus. And then someone else, you know, secretly say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. But I think it's a lot more than that. Not living Christianity to its fullest 
is a sort of being ashamed of Christ. Think about it. By the way, please understand my heart. I'm not preaching at you, okay? I'm, I'm sitting right here with you, all right? I'm, I'm, I'm right here. And the, word why, the reason why I've been sitting on this for three months is because I know that God is doing a deep work in me as well. But we gotta remember, we can't pick and choose the scriptures that we like and the scriptures that we want. This is not a buffet. The word of God has gotta be treated like a full course meal. You get everything or nothing. I love what Mark Twain said about scriptures. He said this, most people are bothered by those passages of scripture which they cannot understand. But as for me, I've always noticed that the passages of, of scripture which trouble me the most are the ones that I do understand. See, I believe that God is looking for a generation of people that's willing to pay the cost, to stop playing around, to stop trying to gain a comfortable life and a comfortable Christianity, and that are willing to start seeking him with everything that they've got. Let me back up. I read this quote, and God began to work on me as I was saying. And for me, it was video games. For me, the thing that I felt like I was, you know, running to the thing that I felt. And for some of you might be like, well, that's stupid. Well, that's fine. That's my thing. You know, your thing might not be my thing. Whatever you're running to, whatever that you're trying to fill your life with other than Jesus, whatever. That's your thing. This is my thing. This was my thing. Let me preface by saying this, that last year on my birthday, uh, a whole group of friends got together and bought me probably one of the best birthday gifts, the best birthday gift I've ever received. And they got together, pulled their money together, and they bought me an Xbox Series X. Yeah, it's a lot of money. And I was over the moon. I was, this was just absolutely phenomenal. I love gaming. I've been gaming my whole life. Um, you know, before I was saved, that's literally all I did all day and all night. I would play 12, 13, 15, 16 hours straight. That's all I would do. I was part of tournaments, online tournaments, part of CL, Cyber Athletic Amateur League. I was about to go to the CPL, professional league. But then I got saved. And God kind of took a dump on that dream, and uh, which is fine. And then, um, but then gaming was always something I really liked to do. And it was always kind of something that was part of my life. So, you know, but after reading that quote, a man without purpose, a person who lacks purpose, seeks to distract himself with pleasures. And I thought, why am I giving so much time to this thing? Again, I'm not saying this to condemn anybody. I'm not saying this to bring condemnation, shame. I'm being vulnerable and I'm just being honest with you and I'm being open. I'm sharing with you what God has been dealing with with me. See, playing 60 hours on a video game is nothing. Playing 200 hours on a video game easily is nothing. 
You know, it's not until maybe about a decade ago, maybe two decades ago, they started actually putting these like timers on games. I used to play on the platform called Steam. And I don't, know, I, have, I don't know how many thousands of hours locked into that thing. And then, you know, Xbox and all that stuff. Anyways, and then I started to think. So, for example, let's say the latest video game I played was about 60 hours. And now I play, like, I want you to know, like, that's not what I do all day. Like, I have a full-time job. I have three kids, you know. I have a wife. Um, bills to pay and all that stuff. So, but, you know, I was easily playing, you know, two, three, four hours sometimes a week, kind of spread out here and there. But then I started to think, 60 hours, okay. What if I would have spent 60 hours praying? What if I would have spent an extra 60 hours reading the word, reading my Bible? What if I would have spent an extra 60 hours seeking God with everything I've got? Instead, I'm playing in this virtual reality that will not matter when I die because my gamer score, I can't take it to heaven. And I was so convicted, and I said, God, I'm so sorry. Am I saying video games are bad? No, I'm not saying that. For the same reason I'm saying relationships aren't bad, social media is not bad, having things are not bad, but the moment that you begin to elevate that thing slightly higher than God, and that, the moment that your heart begins to kind of have like a, a, a competition as to you know, who you're serving, who you're living for, that's when it becomes a reality. That's when it becomes uh, idolatry, sorry. That's when it becomes dangerous. And for me, it became dangerous because it was now fighting for my attention. And when Pastor Brian spoke last month and he came up during worship and he says, I have two words in my mind. Does anybody remember the two words? Competing loves. I broke broke maybe it hasn't haunted you as much as it's haunted me but it's been haunting me ever since competing loves and I broke and I went on my knees and I said God the Xbox is yours I knew what I had to do I knew what I had to do because here's the thing the last thing I want and I've shared this before and the last thing I want that the thing that freaks me out and that scares me the most is for me to get to heaven one day and to hear God say well done, good job, good and faithful servant. But you could have accomplished more. But I wanted to use you for so much more. But I could have used your hands for healings. But I could have used you for miracles and signs and wonders. But you were too busy playing video games that the time you should have invested seeking me, you wasted. And I know this is a harsh word, and again, if you're playing video games or whatever, no condemnation whatsoever. This is my revelation, and I hope that you would allow God to speak to you, whatever that might be in your life, whatever that thing might be that is constantly, because here's the thing, the reality is, we all have things in our lives that are competing for our attention. It might not be video games, but I guarantee you, each of you has something. And you know what it is. I know you know what it is. Why? Because it's coming to your mind right now. And as I'm sharing the conviction that God has laid upon me, you're being convicted too. And here's the word that God said to me. 
you will not be able to be used fully until you give up your need to be entertained. Let me end with this scripture. Mark chapter 10, verses 17 and 22. And if the rest of the worship team, you guys want to come up, we're going to do a song. Mark chapter 10, verses 11, uh, 17 to 22 says this. And he was talking about Jesus. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Now, you know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. And honor your mother and father. And he said to him, teacher, all of these I've kept from my youth. Feeling real good about himself there. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him. Some versions will say had compassion on him. And said to him, but you lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. Disheartened by this saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. You know what the saddest thing about this account is? The saddest thing about the account is not that eternal life was out of reach, but that rather he deemed his riches more valuable than eternal life. If God were to ask you to give up something, would you be willing to? Because I believe that God is asking some of us to lay some things down at his feet tonight. See, when push comes to shove, he was not willing to pay the cost. But I don't want to be one that has found that my own selfish ways and desires are the very things that are holding me back from what God has for me. And I hope that you're the same. Because I believe that God is asking us to lay some things down tonight. And this is not about a legalistic thing. It's not about a religious thing. But it's about saying, you know what, God? I'm done playing games. I'm done playing church. I'm done trying to find the comfortable Christianity at your expense. But God, I want, I want to be used by you. And if there's anything in the way of that happening, God, I'm giving it to you. If there's anything in the way of me being used by you fully, God, it's yours. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of playing church. I'm sick and tired of being comfortable in my Christianity. I don't want to get to heaven and realize that I could have achieved so much more, that I could have, I could have seen so many greater things happen, that I could have been a part of so many greater movements of God, healings and miracles and signs and wonders and revivals and outpouring of the Holy Spirit and say, man, I missed it. I was busy doing something else. And I hope this is your heart too. I want everybody to stand. See, if you're new here tonight, and you're like, what in the world have 
I got myself into. Young adults, Viva Young Adult is not about trying to grow the biggest, hippest, coolest thing around. We're dedicated and devoted to seek God with everything that we've got. This is what this is about. This is not about starting another church within a church. This is what Viva's about. We want to see God's will done in our midst. We want to see revival happen. We want to see a powerful move of God. We want to see the Holy Spirit begin to move in a powerful way. This is what Viva Young Adults is all about. So the worship team is going to play another song, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to take what I've just shared to heart. And maybe for some of you, you legit don't know what is it that the enemy might be trying to use to steal your attention. And what is it in your life that might be um, like a divided attention like a, like a attention seeker in your life. I want everybody to close their eyes right now and I want you to just begin to ask God, Lord, is there anything that tonight I need to lay down? Thank you for listening to the message. We believe that we weren't meant to do life alone. So feel free to reach out by following and DMing us at UV Young Adults. And don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone you know.